Hey y'all, I'm Whitney Scarborough, the host of Wits End. Here we are real people asking hard questions. If you think you hear the hum of a fridge or a train in the background, it's because you probably are. We are recording these episodes from the comfort of my home in a small town called LaGrange, Texas. Today, we're joined by Jonathan Hernandez. He talks about making a lifestyle change that sticks, his journey of losing over 100 pounds in a few years, and how identity plays a critical role in our habits. Let's dive in. Jonathan, so good to have you here today. We are thrilled to be able to, Tim and I together, to be able to interview Jonathan Hernandez today. So, Jonathan, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and your family. So um, I'm married to Hannah. I've been married for about 10 years this April, and uh, we've uh, we actually met at church. And so uh, it's been, uh, been a cool journey. I came came here to work with my dad um, and uh, was just planning to just to work for a little while and then go off and do something different and then met her and just kind of things changed and, you know, stories change and all those kind of things. And so uh, it's been an amazing thing. We've got four kids. Um, our oldest is Sparrow, who's six, and then we've got Joel, Judah, and Elia, who are all four years old, and so uh, they're triplets. And um, I work in a family business. I work with my dad. We do home medical equipment, so we provide um, medical equipment to people who uh, need medical equipment in the home, and so uh, just whatever different types of stuff that they need, we're able to provide that for them. And then I'm also an associate pastor and uh, do a lot of the creative media type stuff. Uh, I'm an online pastor and do um, help minister to people online, and then also handle some of the, just the worship services of the the tech side of things. So a little bit of everything. That's awesome. Yeah. Man, yeah. I feel like whenever we got to know you guys, whenever we first moved here, I felt like you were just everywhere. I mean, you're in the community, you're at church, you're doing all these different things locally. And I just feel like the Hernandez family is just plugged into LaGrange. So. <laughs> I just got a little overwhelmed though, hearing all the things that that you're doing like <laughs> yeah yeah let's, let's pause and just talk about the fact that you just said you have triplets yeah. that's not a very common thing so oh, unpack that a little bit for us like what is what was that like to have three babies at the same time <laughs> it's a wild ride i'll tell you um not for the faint at heart um yeah going for baby number two then all of a sudden you get babies two three and four <laughs> And uh, yeah, um, I told Hannah I didn't. I'm so glad that nobody was there recording my reaction at the <laughs> at the office, the sonogram. But they'd been able to see just man, seeing those three babies there. I was like, oh, you'd have seen the the, the fear on my face and I just the, the horror. Oh <laughs> yeah. my gosh, what is going on? Yeah. And so, uh, but no, it's been it's been a huge adjustment. Obviously, I mean, um, you know, any any time you have a baby, it's it's an adjustment. But then having three at once, that first year was crazy. Yeah, just yeah. Um, just intense. I mean, um, I and I'll definitely talk more about all of that. But at the same time, um, just uh, just just a struggle, uh, just being sleep deprived and then having all those type of things and then wanting to help my wife. But then, you know, <laughs> I feel like I could very well. And yeah. then trying to handle a couple jobs and all that stuff. It was, it was just wild. It really was. But I have an amazing wife who um, is so patient and just um, so good with the kiddos. And it's just it's just good. Um I, uh, I, I'm often on Saturday mornings by about 10.30 or so, I'm just like, man, how do you do this all day? This is just like, this is just a while. I'm ready to go back to work. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Let me go get some rest at work. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, I really don't know how she does it every day. But it's, uh, yeah, having her is just, it's an, it's an amazing thing. And just, um, yeah, she's able to do 
so much and be able to handle so much and just, you know, just juggling yeah. all, all the different things. And then getting into the age now where they're having more activities and more things and just uh, just lots of stuff. It's just uh, definitely, definitely feeling it. Wow. Yeah. So I would imagine that whole first year, that first 12 months, you know, as babies are, they're just very demanding. But when you have three at the same time that are all vying for the same attention yeah. from two parents yeah. or sometimes yeah. one parent, mm-hmm. you're way out. You're, you're probably just walking around in a fog half the time. I mean, do you still have PTSD from those, <laughs> from those times? Yeah, it feels like it. It feels yeah. like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just the, just the lack of sleep, man. I, I, I don't know. It like kind of amplifies all your struggles and just like, you it know, you just, you just kind of see uh, some of the worst parts of yourself and just some sure. of the um, just things that you already struggle with that just amplifies and just yeah. like, oh my goodness, it's just, it's just yeah. hard. Yeah. Right. It's just so hard. parents who are listening to this and are in that, the sleepless stages, like don't make any rash decisions. No. Don't, <laughs> don't make don't. any major financial decisions <laughs> during this period. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if it feels bleak, it's okay. You're not alone and it will get better. Yes, basically. definitely. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's a win just to keep the kid alive. Oh man. <laughs> that was the goal. Yeah. That was let's, the goal. Let's get three yeah. heartbeats by the end of this day. And that's, we'll consider this a win. Yeah, exactly. Golly. Yeah. And well, not to mention we had a two-year-old at the time. Right. So, I mean, you know, it was like, <laughs> yeah, you God. can't forget that kid. <laughs> Golly. Yeah. Poor Sparrow. Yeah. I know, right. <laughs> man. Well, you know, our aim with this podcast is to ask hard questions, to wrestle with those sometimes less addressed topics from a faith perspective. So give us a picture of your physical health and well-being about three to four years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, the triplets are actually a big part of that story for me, just in that, um, like I said, uh, just lack of sleep, all those kind of things. It kind of amplifies everything that's going on in your life. Um, I, I, Looking back, I was probably at my complete unhealthiest I've ever been in my life the same time they were born. So um, then you're trying to do all of that with triplets and just trying to have all those things and trying to, you know, just, just make, make life get through each day. I mean, like it's, it's just tough. And so, um, so I was um, at that point I was over 350 pounds Mm -hmm. and uh, just, just really, really, really heavy. I was, um, I had some high blood pressure, uh, some a light case of sleep apnea, and um, I had just been diagnosed with a with a tumor in my neck, and so uh, just uh, just really struggling with some some struggles with all of that, and it's kind of just man, just uh, just not at a good spot, and then um, just really feeling all of that at the same time, um, wanting to provide for these kids, wanting to be a good dad, whatever, all, all those different struggles that you have, and. Um, then just not being able to do so much because you're just just tired and um, a lot of that amplified because of where my health was, you know, just um, how how much of a struggle that was. So so that was just hard, just a hard hard spot. Um, a lot a lot of demands on on myself and just wanting so much that I desired to do and wanted to do, but then just couldn't. Physically totally limited. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Right. So what what changed, or maybe an even better question to ask you is what sparked a complete lifestyle change. Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy to think about, but like it feels like almost every single new year, you know, you kind of have those same resolutions. You kind of have the same idea. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do that or whatever. And for me, a lot of times weight loss was always on there. It was always a big thing. Um, I think at the same time, I, I had a lot of reasons to make it succeed. Um, reasons to succeed. A lot of obviously wanted to do this for the kids, wanted to do this for my wife, um, to, to do all these things. But um uh, something just clicked and I, I started 
almost kind of stacking the deck in my favor, I guess you'd say, to where um, I, I had a just providential thing. So just, just God just really just putting some things in my life at the right times. I um, had, a, had a friend at that moment that was, um, we had some good conversations. His name was Kurt. And we just started um, having some similar desires to get healthy. We started wanting to go on some walks. And so that was, that was where my activity started. It was just trying to do some, just do some basic walks and go through my neighborhood and just do some of that. And he'd come along with me. And uh, just having that accountability, being able to just go, having somebody there along, alongside you was huge. And so, uh, so that, was, that was big. Um, the other thing was... Um, I, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy to think about, but I, I, I joined a weight loss challenge and, uh, it, it's called healthy wage and, uh, they, there's several different kinds, but I, I ended up joining one of those and, um, I live on a budget. So, it, you know, I get you know, a certain amount of blow money each month and not this kind of thing. Yeah. And so it was a big deal to me. And so, uh, all of a sudden I'm paying this, this company a certain amount of money each month to be able to try to, to win a bigger amount if I can lose some weight. And, uh, it was, uh, kind of a, an extra motivation every single month that I sent that money out. Yeah, it was, uh, it was uh, a big thing, but, uh, that was, uh, kind of another little shot in the arm for myself of, man, uh, this is just that reminder. And, um, then, uh, I think a big thing for me was I was actually listening to a, to a podcast. Um, Craig Groeschel has a, has a leadership podcast and he had a, he had a guest on whose name's James Clear and he wrote a book called Atomic Habits and it's a phenomenal book. And, um, but just just the interview with him was uh, was it came at just the time that I needed it. It was a, it was a big deal. Um, it's all about just man, what does it look like to create habits in your life? And so that became a big part for me. What what is what was it going to look like to actually change things, and for the better? And uh, a lot of the root of that was uh, talking identity, and it's just which obviously is so huge with you know being a Christ follower and just doing some of those things. But man, what is what is, what is your identity? And so not let me go ahead and just try to do all these things, but instead. Who am I trying to become? And so, what does it look like to become a healthy person? And um, and what are the habits that that healthy person would do? And then, each day becomes, man, what what are some little actions that I can do that kind of put some votes towards being a healthy person? And um, maybe not do some of the things that would take me the other direction. And so, it just becomes one of those days of having more votes towards towards being healthy than towards not. And wow. um, I just, it was, it was a big deal for me just kind of seeing, okay, what does it look like to do those things? And then obviously other areas. Um, but, uh, but, but health was a, was on, was a big deal to me at that, at, at that spot and still. Um, so man, making those decisions. So mm-hmm. little things like putting out my workout clothes the night before. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, I have to work out in the mornings cause uh, I, I'm, I'm worthless at night. And so, uh, Man, if, if I do that, then there's some. It, it kind of sets some sets the pattern of man. I, I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna have to say, have to peel myself out of bed or whatever that looks like yeah. to go go grab those those clothes and go go hit it, and um, and that just became something that I started and you know just those little habits and trying to stack those habits to where I, I could uh, try to get in my benefit some some change, yeah. some real change. Wow, I love that you said that stacking kind of stacking the deck in your favor yeah. to. Yeah, kind of make it so that you're there's this almost like inertia or like this force that's kind of pushing you towards that where it's going to be almost more difficult for you to revert, mm-hmm. you know. But at the same time, I know I'm sure from an outsider's perspective, it would be easy to see your journey sporadically over the last couple of years and think yeah, it's probably just been kind of easy or, um, you know, that this has just kind of been something that, you know, for him it, it was easy, but 
for me, maybe for somebody who's listening, um, they don't see all the obstacles along the way that, that happened yeah. over several years. So talk a little bit about that. For sure. Um, <laughs> I think for most people, it, the, the biggest obstacle is yourself. And, and so, man, I, I know... I know what I like and I, I can go after those things. And, but at the same time, stacking that deck, you know, for, in my favor means me kind of putting some guards up for myself. Um, you know, watching, knowing, um, I, I needed a big change. I, I was, uh, kind of going along and saw that, um, saw that I was probably not going to hit my, my weight loss goal for, for that healthy wage. And so I, um, ended up making a dramatic change for my diet. And so I ended up going going keto, and that was a that was a really good thing for me at the at the moment. It's not something that I've continued, but it's something that I that, that was at the moment was was perfect for me, and um, ended up that kind of was that extra spark in my in my weight loss and some of those type of things, and uh, just just ended up being able to really hit some of those things. But um, I find that the the biggest obstacle was myself. You know, being able to say no to myself, deny myself, being able to say, man, being able to choose. Um, choose instead of what's going to feel good in the moment, what, what's going to actually feel good in the future. And so that delayed pleasure, you know, just being able to say, man, uh, I'm going to feel so much better when I get done with that workout. And so fo- focusing instead on that, that the finished goal of getting finished with the workout, instead of just that, uh, how I feel in bed, <laughs> you know, cause it's exactly. easy just to, right. just to feel great in bed and then, you know, whatever, but to, to, to get out and to go do that because of how good I'm going to feel when I finish. And just to, to feel like you accomplished something, that you've done something hard, um, and then trying to do a few difficult things each day, uh, whatever that is, you know, um, pushing yourself. And I think that's just huge for me. We'll be back in just a minute after a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is sponsored by Eric Lehman at Thrivent Financial. Wendy and I became members with Thrivent a couple of years ago, right before I went skydiving. And then she sent me on a ski trip by myself with some buddies. So I have the feeling that she wanted the life insurance policy just in case things went awry, if you know what I mean. Wink, wink, nod, nod. Listen, I am married to someone I know is an adventurous spirit who I I think you said the other day, if there's not a chance I could die, it's not exciting for me or something along those lines. But back to the ad, okay? Uh, so seriously, we really are big fans of Thrivent. Not only does Thrivent offer a range of financial services from, like we talked about, life insurance to retirement plans, they also encourage you to give back to your community through something called action teams. And through these action teams, they actually provide resources and funds to help you meet needs in your local community. So it's really nice. I am being held hostage right now, so uh, this is a cry for help. Somebody help me. So, if you're interested, look into a Thrivent near you at www.thrivent.com. Help me. And now, back to the conversation. It sounds like you've had to create a futuristic view for yourself, like almost a a vision for yourself of the person that you want to be. Like what you you said of your identity. And sometimes we, we... claim that our identity is like a past tense thing, like who we have been or who we were in, mm. you know, prior in our life. But it sounds like you're saying, no, this is who I want to be going forward in, yeah. in building your life around that person. Definitely. So that's really cool. Yeah. And, and it's, uh, it's, there's a lot of facets to it, obviously, because, sure. you know, you're wanting to, wanting to be able to, to do well 
physically, but then if you're neglecting your family and neglecting your finances and neglecting everything else, then you're you're still operating yeah. poorly. And yes. so, uh, yeah. so being able to try to do some of these, you know, little actions each day to to, to round out that identity, those those little things, those behaviors, and then one of the crazy things is like you still in the moment. This was something that was so weird to me. Like on from the outside looking in, you might say, "Man, you, you seem very disciplined." But at the, at the moment, I never felt disciplined. Yeah. Like, and I still just don't feel disciplined. I feel like, mm. man, there's just so many things I want to do, whatever it is, and I just mm. can't do it. But at the same time, just those little behaviors, those little changes mm. start kind of rolling and kind of compounding, and you end up yeah. having some some discipline that ends up kind of coming in in, in, in effect. But at the same time, it, you, you don't necessarily feel different. Wow. So it's just weird. Yeah. It's interesting to hear you talk about it because I think— you know, it's this perspective of I'm going to have to do a thousand little things in this direction that I'm trusting are going to bring about results. Yeah. And obviously you have seen great results, which has probably just motivated you along the journey. But I think about people in general when they're having to make some sort of a big mm. change and how we want these overnight results. And yet that's really not how it works. No. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, for our audience, for the people on the other end of this microphone listening to this right now, whether they're stay-at-home moms or professionals or business people or business owners, um, what if, if, if somebody were to want to make a major life change, whether that's a physical life change, a spiritual life change, a relational life change that's a major event for them, what would be your advice for those people? Yeah, I, I think part of it's establishing who do you want to be? What, what does that identity look like? Um, do I, if I want to be a healthy person, what are those actions that are going to take me towards that? And, um, you know, if, uh, and you kind of deciding and then, um, tweaking and making things that, that change. And then, uh, a big thing for me is kind of getting inside my own mind of, of realizing just that, man, my thoughts kind of can go and take me all kinds of different directions, just like all of us. And so being obsessed with my thoughts of trying to really understand some of the things I let go on repeat, um, John Acuff wrote a book called Soundtracks that was just huge for me and just kind of just thinking through that and um, man, what does it look like to to replay these messages in my mind over and over again of, um, you know, we, we talk so neg- negatively to ourselves at times and we just don't realize that that affects us. And so uh, what does it look like for me to to cling to the promises I have in the Lord? What, is it, what does it mean to, 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 to change this identity for the better and to, to not walk in this old baggage and this old bricks that we're carrying in our backpacks, but instead walking towards something new, something that, you know, uh, the way that God changes us and transforms us, I think, into something bigger and better. Um, so just, yeah, and then uh, I'm reading a book right now by Craig Groeschel called uh, Winning the War in Your Mind and um, just, just kind of that same theme of, um, man, the, the things that we let go on in our mind. Um, and just kind of taking control of some of those things is, is just huge. And so um, so I think, so identity, figuring out, man, what does it look like? Who do I want to become? Uh, getting, getting, figuring out your thoughts of, um, of man, what am I, what am I going to, what am I thinking about? What am I letting my mind dwell on? And um, where is that actually taking me? And then um, I, I think another part is um, just those habits, creating those habits that end up creating systems that you end up kind of relying on. And it's uh, uh, James, James Clear actually says that habits begin to change your beliefs about yourself. And so just like just that oh. whole idea of th- those habits are, are what end up helping you actually change that identity. And so it doesn't, it doesn't feel like that in the moment. It feels like this is just some insignificant little thing I'm doing at this moment. 
But uh, all those add up to identity change and to belief change. And once you start getting that that belief change, once you start having some of that hope, I think it uh, it changes things. It changes the game. Mm. And so um, that's what I think a lot of people are struggling with, is just that, that lack of hope, that lack mm. of, man, I, I just can't make these changes. Man, for, for, for me, like looking back now, I'm, my workout back then looked pretty pretty insignificant. Yeah. But um, but because it's changed a lot since then. But it was those steps in the right direction. Those little steps, walking to the end of the yeah. block. I mean, that was a that was a big deal. Let's go do that. And then um, and then later on, being able to do more and and go a little farther and do a little bit more. And then having new goals. You know, I've I've got new goals now of the different things I want and um, who I want to become and what that can look mm-hmm. like. So that's cool. That's so cool. I think that's so powerful to hear you talk about the habits that grow into systems, that grow into the person that you really are. Yeah. So as a Christian, how do you view this area of physical health in the context of faith? In other words, how has your faith informed your perspective on eating well, exercise, and weight loss? Yeah, I I, um, I think we know this on a, on, a, on a cognitive level as far as we understand that we only have one life. And we understand that, you know, kind of what that looks like. But I, I think it's easy to kind of get down the road and realize, man, I've kind of, I've wasted some, and I've missed some opportunities. And um, I, I, what's so crazy is I never realized just how bad I felt. Mm. And, um, I, and I think that when it comes to just seizing the moment, being able to do the things that I, I need to do, um, so much of that is informed by by my walk with Jesus of, of just, man, what is what does He want for my life? What does it look like to to, to embrace the identity that he has for me, to, um, to be the father I'm called to be, to be the husband I'm called to be, to, um, to, to walk um, in, in, in truth and to, to, to point people to Jesus and to do, to do these different things. Um, man, I, I think um, in order for me to do those things, it's going to require little actions in the right direction, <laughs> some little obediences, if you will, um, that end up you know, transforming my life and changing my life. And, and you know, so I, I've got to do some of these things in order for me to be able to, to, to be the father I need to be. And so some of my goals now are, to, man, I, I want to, what can I do right now so that I can roll around with my kids and grandkids in the future? You know, I want to be able to, yeah. I don't, I don't want them getting too much stronger than me. Man, they can gang up on me all right now. And I, I don't want that. So, so I, you already I gotta, know you're outnumbered. <laughs> exactly. I'm already outnumbered. So I got to be a little bit stronger. So trying right. to, trying to work on some of those goals. And then, um, but just, um, Man, I, I think the identity that, that Christ has for us is, is so much bigger than sometimes what we make it, just kind of making it being, being moral or being good or just doing these kind of things. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it, it's, about, it's about loving people well. It's about um, being able to be there whenever just, mm-hmm. just that ministry of presence, um, just being able to, to know that you can, you can be there for somebody. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a lot of little tiny decisions that I make every single day that allow me to be able to do those things in the future and to, to be able to be there for somebody. And, to, and, and so wow. all of that's that end goal of, man, I, I want to discipline myself now so that I can try to, so I, I can I can do these things in the future. And um, I think that's what Lord's calling me to in so many ways. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing all these things yeah. and for your perspective and your insight and just, yeah, just being honest about something that I don't think we talk about enough in Christian circles. So um, one other question, because um, again, along the lines of hard questions, let's say that, um, you know, somebody is, you know, 
they see somebody in their world who's made some decisions and they've lost some weight and they've gotten in, in shape. I think one of the things, the taboos is, I don't, I don't feel like I can say anything. What do I say? If I acknowledge it, then I'm saying that they were heavy before, or I'm telling them that they look good and that's awkward. And, you know, and so what, what is a way to maybe even, again, we're, we're speaking within maybe a Christian, you know, circle, but what would be an appropriate way to just address that and to encourage somebody in that versus acting like it's not happening, that this person is making these big life changes. I think, I think I, I always enjoy, at least for me, I always enjoyed just that encouragement of somebody just noticing yeah. it, it, it takes a, uh, it takes a lot of time before people start noticing anything. Mm -hmm. Like it was months and months before people actually started like actually commenting or doing wow. those kind of things. And so all in all, I ended up losing 125 pounds. Wow. That's amazing. And so a small wow. person, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, so, you know, I, I, uh, it, it's, uh, it's just wild to think, but I, it, it was, it was months before somebody wow. actually noticed. And so that, that little bit of encouragement was great. Um, and then, you know, just being able to continue that, that, yeah. that goal. And, you know, I, I think it's, it's huge. That's awesome. Gosh, thanks for all the ways you are just serving this community. And it's been really fun just to catch up with you in this forum. And thanks for your vulnerability and transparency on this subject. Yeah. It's, I mean, people need to hear these things and know these things from somebody that's walked through it. So thanks, Jonathan. Yeah, yeah for sure. I feel like I need to go, go run around the house after this. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
and like live it up. It would be like YOLO to the max, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, you want ice cream? Let's get ice cream. You want a hug? No? Okay, give me a hug anyways. <laughs> I don't even like this question. Next question. This is such a sad thought. I don't like it at all. So that's what you do. You go to the water park. <laughs> Pretty much what we're already doing, yes. <laughs> no, I mean, I would just want to do something to just like soak up the time with my family and my people and, you know, just live it up. But I honestly don't ever want to know this information. Like, I remember actually this question... Um, coming up and it was like would you would you if you could would you want to know like when and how your life is going to end and I was like absolutely not absolutely not and some people were like adamantly like oh absolutely yes it would be so freeing for all these reasons and I was like nope 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 not for me at all because I feel like you know if it was going to be really if it's something preventable then you'd be trying to prevent it if it's something not preventable then you would be thinking about that and you know just I don't know I I just don't think I would it would not be good sometimes knowing is not actually helpful and is actually can be really harmful to your brain at least for me I mean I could see that argument if it were like years out but like if it happens the next 48 hours and I'd like to know Nope. Even if there's nothing I can do about it? No. Nope. It would just, I would feel literally sick to my stomach. And I mean, I'd be excited about going to heaven, but I would be real anxious about just, and sad about knowing how sad my people are going to be that I'm gone. <laughs> and that I only get a few more hours to spend with them. Seriously, no But I mean, you, you would want to know, you would want to know at least a few days in advance, just so you can make sure you're not like in a doctor's appointment when it happens or like. At the dentist or, you know, doing laundry or something. Like, what is, what's going to happen to me at the dentist? <laughs> no, I'm not saying it would happen there. I'm just saying, like, you don't want to plan, like, regular life stuff and then you just get taken. You'd want to know so you can, like, maximize the no, next I two d- days. I disagree because if I knew, I really feel like it would just, it would be crippling for me. I would be sad. I would be crying. <sighs> I would be like, you know, and I would have to tell everybody. Because if only I knew you know, then it would be really hard to keep that to yourself. How could you keep that to yourself? You know, then you have to tell people. Like, I know I'm about, you know, I only have a little bit of time left. Nope, I don't want to know. All right, well, if I find out, I won't tell you then. (laughs) Deal? Horribly morbid. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) deal. (laughs) Okay. Do you think mankind is progressing towards something better? Or are we moving backwards um yes and no explain i think that there are ways that we are growing and there are things that are changing both like technologically socially i think there are things that we're improving in but if we believe in jesus and we believe in in the scriptures if we believe in the bible then we know that we're not going to solve it that jesus is ultimately going to come back and you know he's going to rescue us ultimately and he's going to have to rebuild and transform the world as we know it and so the fact that we're in a world that is affected by sin and it's infiltrated and affected and twisted and perverted everything you know both 
like animals and plants and I mean everything and humans it's affected everything so our world is decaying and we are still desperately sinful and we're not we can't fix humanity we can't fix the brokenness we can't fix the ways that sin has has perverted the world the solution is never going to come from within man is what I'm saying it's always going to have to come from Jesus and so I think there are ways that we as individuals and even as a society there are ways that we can we can make improvements we can move towards um wiser decisions individually and as a whole but I think that humanity is not ultimately going to be the answer so that doesn't let us off the hook I think that we have to be stewards of what God's given us and our individual choices and even challenge people towards corporate wise choices discerning choices but ultimately we're not gonna we're not gonna solve it we're not gonna make it all better okay so to combine the two questions do you think if if mankind knew within 48 hours that we were going to end what do you think they would do hmm I honestly think that the worst of man would come out. Yeah, I do too. Hey, you pitched in your thoughts for once. You never do that. No, I agree. I feel like people would just want to experience all that they think the world has to offer, which is really just a bunch of emptiness. I think it would just be, I mean, I picture like the, you know, zombie apocalypse type, like end, end, post-apocalyptic kind of like scenes in movies where people are raiding shelves and um, running rampant and it's like total anarchy and panic and fear and that's what I picture you know if we knew I mean you know a scene where everyone knows a meteor is coming to the world and it's gonna you know destroy the earth or something like that you know Um, generally I think people would be in a state of panic every man for himself and yeah, I think that that's one of those things that that knowledge is is dangerous. As humans, like we are not good at holding and like possessing some of that knowledge. And, and I think in some ways it's probably why God keeps some of that from us because he knows that we're not capable of of doing good things with it. He knows that it would almost destroy us, you know. I don't know. Those are my thoughts. Yeah. Well, do you approve? I suppose. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you if I figure out when you're going to go. Oh, my, stop. Stop being so... But I, if you figure out when I'm going to go, I want to know. You do want to know? Yeah. <laughs> so you can go ahead and tell me. Okay. Got it. Note to self. <laughs> Such a sad conversation. <laughs> I'm over it. To find show notes for this and past episodes, or to engage on a deeper level, you can go to wovenministry.com slash podcast. If you enjoy what you hear so far, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps listeners find and share this feed. If you'd like to tell us what you enjoyed about this podcast or ask your hard question, you can call us at 512-815-2446. That's 512 512- You'll simply leave a voicemail with what's on your mind and we might just include your voice on a future episode. 
Music and editing for the show is by Callan Brown, recording and production by Tim Scarborough. I'm Whitney Scarborough, and we'll be back here with more very soon. Thanks for listening.